24. Matthew chapter 24. I, for one, believe the Lord's coming back in 2014. I'm going to offer several reasons tonight. The first one you're probably already aware of. I believe He's coming back in 2014 because He didn't come back in 2013. And I was expecting Him all year long. Second reason I believe he's coming back in 2014 is because Matthew chapter 24 says, Take heed that no man deceive you. Verse 4. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Okay, keep that in mind. Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. And then talking to the Jews, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. Another reason why I think Jesus is coming back in 2014 is because of all the false prophets we have deceiving people. Because the Jews are hated of all nations. Because people don't have any problem at all betraying one another. And verse 12, another reason. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Let me read that again. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. When's the last time you saw something on TV that didn't have something wicked in it? I did not watch watch the Rose Bowl parade today. First time in years. I've always watched at least part of it. Didn't watch any of it. Because on the... One of the floats, they had two men saying their marriage vows. And the director of the float of the parade, the director of the whole parade said, it's in keeping with our theme this year. Dreams do come true. And I'm thinking, okay, what's a dream for you is a nightmare for a whole bunch of us. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. We have about a hundred people in our church any given time. Where are they? Not that many here tonight. Some of them are sick. Okay? I already know that. Some of them are out of town. I know that. But there's a bunch of them sitting at home watching TV. Watching what on TV? 
not a Billy Graham crusade. They're not watching Adrian Rogers. They're not watching this pastor or any other pastor. What are they watching? Iniquity. Wow. I remember the first time I heard the word D-A-M-N on television. And the reason I remember is because when they said it, my dad turned it off. That was before the days of remote. He got up and went over and turned it up. Didn't change channels. Turned it off. Wow. Now, I already knew there were certain words you didn't say in our house. You didn't call somebody stupid in our house. Get your mouth washed out with soap. You didn't call somebody a liar in our house. That'd get your mouth washed out with soap. I knew those two from personal experience. Okay? You didn't say you hated somebody in our house. Because the Bible says if you hate your brother, you're guilty of murder. That'll get, that got my mouth washed out too. Okay? But I knew you didn't say the word damn in our house because my dad got up and turned off the TV when somebody said it on TV. And the word is a perfectly good word. Okay? It's a derivation of the word condemn, which means to convict and sentence to death. Condemn. And all over the place now I hear people asking God to condemn things, to condemn situations, to condemn people. And they don't even have a clue what they are saying. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. When God told Israel that he would honor the prayers of people who came to the temple or prayers that were prayed toward the temple, in 2 Chronicles 7, chapter 7, verse 14, Solomon has just pleaded with God and offered major sacrifices to God uh, to dedicate the temple. And, and he has told God... He understands that when people begin to reject him and people begin to go their own way, God's going God's to bring judgment on them. He's going to uh, turn them away and, and, and drive them out of the nation. And, and, and Solomon said, but, but if they repent, if we come back, then please hear our prayers again. And God's response to him was, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sins, and will heal their land. Do you remember that? Okay. If you don't, look it up right quick. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Because I want you to, I want you to notice the four things that we need to do. He doesn't say if everybody in the nation does it. No, 
He doesn't say if everybody around the world does it. He says, if my people who are called by my name. Do you know what people call us? Well, so far, just, they're calling us Christians. Okay? And occasionally, somebody from the government or from the military will call us uh, radicals or terrorists. Okay? That's becoming more and more common. They call us intolerant. When the truth is, I am very tolerant. I love everybody. It's sin that I hate. Hated in my own life, I hated in the lives of others because I know how destructive it is. God does not give us commands to make Himself look better. He gives us commands to keep us from hurting each other and to keep from hurting ourselves. And so, my people who are called by my name, that's Christians, believers will humble themselves. What's that mean? Well, quit thinking we're so good. Quit thinking we're so spiritual. Quit thinking we're so wonderful. Quit thinking we're so godly. Quit thinking we're special. And I confess, my relationship to Christ makes me feel special. I mean... Sometimes I feel like I'm his pet. But I have got to humble myself and recognize that there's nobody in the world that God loves less than he loves me. He loves everybody as much as he loves me. Including those two guys who got married today on the float in the Rose Bowl parade. And his son died for them. Just like he died for me. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. Well, we do pray. I mean, we usually pray at the beginning of the service. We always pray at the end of the service. Sometimes we pray in the middle of the service. When we're at home, we generally pray before a meal, after a meal, Unless it's just a snack in front of the TV. We pray before we go to bed. In fact, if we, I mean, those of us who are really spiritual, sometimes we spend as much as four and five minutes in prayer at a time. You say, but that doesn't sound very spiritual. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Next time you pray, time yourself. Okay. You can pray for everybody in the world in about three and a half minutes. <laughs> and yet we sing, sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer. Wow, when's the last time anybody spent an hour in prayer? And we sing songs like, I surrender all. We ought to be honest in our hymn singing, in our commitments, in our messages, in our conversation with others. So maybe we need to change the song to sweet three minutes of prayer, sweet three minutes of prayer. 
Or, I surrender some. I surrender some. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender some. No, not that. That's mine. But you can have this stuff. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Seek my face. That means we want such a sweet relationship with God, such a close relationship with God. It's as though we're speaking to him face to face. And we recognize that he can see everything about us and everything we do all the time. Whether it's good or bad, whether it's in the daylight or the dark, it doesn't make any difference to God. He sees all, all the time. We're to seek his face and then turn from our wicked ways. But we don't see that our ways are wicked. To turn means to repent, change direction, turn from our wicked way. A way is a direction, a path, a road. That's the way. If we're going to turn from our wicked way, then we've got to turn to the righteous way. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, repent. Repent. I remember people repenting. I was much younger then. Seriously. I remember people coming to the altar, kneeling down at the front pew and just weeping. Godly sorrow over their sin, over what they've been doing. Repent. Change direction. Not do that anymore. Boy, it's been a long time since I saw any tears at the altar at all. Over sin or iniquity or lost loved ones. Whatever it might be. God said, Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Cold. Which causes lukewarmness in a church. Where some of the people are hot and on fire for God and want to do something and then we've got a bunch of other folks in the church who are cold. You mix hot water and cold water together, guess what kind of water you get? Lukewarm. And Christ's message to the church at Laodicea is because you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Spew, that's a very nice way of saying I'll throw up. You make me sick in my stomach. I'm going to throw up. Throw you up. Now Jonah understood what that was all about because he got thrown up by a whale. <laughs> okay. 
let's move on. One of the reasons I think Christ is coming back in 2014 is because verse 14 says, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. And we now live in a day when the gospel gospel can be preached around the world in every nation. And people can watch it on their little television sets out in the jungle. Of course, somebody's got to crank the handle to keep the, keep the picture on. That's why I think Jesus is coming back in 2014. And then, he says, verse 32, now learn a parable of the fig tree. They're probably close to Bethphage, which is the house of figs, the village of the fig trees. Learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. Well, they, uh, yeah, they had all that figured out. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the door. Doors, excuse me, even at the doors. Verily, truly, I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. And the final reason I think Jesus is coming back in 2014 is because verse 35 says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. God's word's not going to pass away. Everything he said is going to happen just like he said it. Now, those verses we skipped over there deal with the last half of the tribulation period. The tribulation period doesn't start until after the church is gone. That's why I think he's coming back in 2014. The verse I did not read was the very next verse in that passage, and it says, but of the hour, day nor the hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels in heaven. So I don't know when in 2014 he's coming. I just know he's coming. Might be tonight. And with Brother Everett, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. How about you? Amen. Jesus, the night before he was crucified, sat down with the disciples. And they had a meal, Passover meal. We're going to do that this year. We're going to have Passover here at the church. And uh, I've got to get busy making all the arrangements. We're going to have Passover here at church. And at the end of Passover, he took the cup. When he had supped, he said, here. All of you drink this. They all drank out of the cup. It was 
his cup? <laughs> no, everybody had a cup. Everybody had their own cup. Actually, everybody had four cups. The last one's the cup of Elijah. Because he said Elijah will come in the last days before the coming of the Son of Man. <clears throat> before he comes to set up his kingdom. That's why I think Elijah's going to be one of the two prophets uh, at the temple. Because that will be in the middle of tribulation. Church will already be gone. And uh, these two old prophets, Moses and Elijah, will be there preaching. Well, Jesus took the cup said, here, this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for you. And then he took the bread and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. And he passed it out, and everybody ate the bread. He said, now, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he... Okay? So tonight, we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper. We're not going to do it thinking that his coming is a long way off. We're going to do it knowing that it might be 2014. I would like to do it like we did last New Year's. I would like for everybody to just stand, come up here, make a big circle right here in the front, and we will serve the Lord's Supper here.